everybody. This is Stephanie Krupsack with the Purevent Living Podcast, Things You Should Know. With me today, I have Jake Disraeli. Jake is the co-founder and CEO of Treat, the leading e-commerce platform that helps e-commerce brands be more sustainable and increase customer loyalty through resale. Prior to Treat, Jake had built his own DTC brands on Shopify and led the sales team at Indiegogo, where he helped hundreds of consumer brands launch successful crowdfunding campaigns. Treat is the culmination of Jake's love for the outdoors and passion to help consumer brands thrive. So thanks so much for being here today. Yeah, thanks so much for, for having me, Stephanie. Excited for the conversation. Yeah, definitely. So if you want to start by telling us a little bit about your background in sustainability. Yeah, so my background in sustainability and just like my love for the outdoors, as you mentioned in the intro, um, goes all the way back to college where I developed a passion for like hiking and mountaineering, just being outside. And uh, at the time I was studying entrepreneurship uh, in, in business school and decided to pick up a minor in, in environmental studies um, to learn more about climate change, about the environment and what we can do to, to preserve it. Um, and kind of since then I've tried to blend those passions for entrepreneurship and startups with creating different businesses that have to do with either products that uh, incorporate recycled materials or items that can be recycled afterwards and things like that. And that's where a lot of the, uh, a lot of the passion lies in terms of like trying to create new models of business that, um, that are a little bit more sustainable that can actually create a bigger impact. And, um, yeah, I think that's, that's, that's where, uh, just kind of like the background sustainability lies. And, and so in, in, in bringing treat to fruition, part of that was how do we create models, uh, that help apparel brands be more sustainable, um, and, uh, and keep items out of the landfill and in circulation a little bit longer. Uh, so that's like a little bit about that, kind of how we weaved you know, that passion into Treat today. Very nice. And I know you mentioned the kind of circular commerce, circular economy, they call it. Do you want to talk a little bit more about that and how that works with clothing materials? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So it's uh, a lot of in, in fashion, you know, circularity or sustainability, um, you know, both, both pretty, pretty much like buzzwords nowadays and things that apparel brands are really striving towards and some are um, doing better than others. But the idea with circularity is keeping items in circulation longer. And a true circular supply chain starts at the inception of the product itself and making sure that um, the items are uh, you're using sustainable materials, you're, you're actually manufacturing with like ethical manufacturing practices and that you're planning for end of life from the actual like inception of the product so that you can actually recycle it afterwards. Um, and what we do with, with treat and with resale is how do you ex extend the life? So you have the end of life solutions that actually are able to recycle um, the products and hopefully turn them into new products. And again, that has to be thought about even in the inception of the product. But with resale, we talk about how to keep items in circulation longer, which is one of the best things that you can do to reduce its carbon emissions is to actually wear items longer or give it a longer life. And so the idea is to extend its life and then eventually have a plan for for the end of life solution. So it's like a circle that goes back into production and then keeps it in circulation longer. So it doesn't end it up in the landfill. And so that we don't have to extract new resources from the environment. And so the idea is, can we create systems that, that drastically reduce our dependency on extracting natural resources for the production of new products? 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I know full circularity would mean that the clothing is compostable, that it goes back into the earth. But yeah, I think with Treat, it's really unique because it allows consumers to find items that are you know pre-loved, they say, or pre-worn, and you give them a second life, maybe a third life. It's a, if it's a nice quality item, you know, shoes, the soles can be repaired. You can you know, so a piece of clothing. But I think it's great that you offer a platform for other retailers to do this as well. So you're going to talk a little bit more about how that works? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, um, you know, resale as a as a trend is just exploding. It's it's actually growing 11 times faster than, than retail. And it's becoming the way that especially the younger generations are preferring to shop. It's a more sustainable solution. So they're a little bit more environmentally conscious. They're also very budget conscious. And in order to maintain the war, like the rotating wardrobe where people want to have new fashion all the time, it's, it's a way to do it that's more sustainable and like in cheaper essentially. So they don't have to buy new clothes. Um, so for those reasons, resale has really exploded. And if you're a retailer or if you're a brand and you're seeing um, thousands or tens of thousands of your items being sold on sites like Poshmark, ThreadUp, Depop, eBay, et cetera, um, you're probably asking yourself, all right, what would it mean to actually expand and extend my customer journey into resale? And actually being able to foster a culture where our items are in circulation longer and actually embrace that versus shy away from it. And so what we're able to do is create, be like the brand's resale or re-commerce solution or be there, you know, out of the box, here you go, here's a resale program without them actually having to build that technology and build that team internally. And so we're creating these experiences where the customers are buying to and from each other in a safe streamlined and authenticated environment and the brands get to participate in their resale market for the first time uh, without actually needing to build the entire infrastructure up from scratch because it's not really what what's core to what apparel brands are really great at doing which is creating and designing new clothes and so we do all of that stuff so that they don't have to very nice so that includes like the customer service like returns things like that or packaging yeah, yeah, exactly. So we handle the shipping logistics between customers, you know, uh, creating the notif- the right notifications and alerts between the buyer and the seller, handling if there's misrepresentation of the product or refunds or returns. Uh, we do all of that stuff. And on, on top of that, just like building the technology and the platform so that customers can actually list items directly from their order history. So they don't need to scavenge through to find stock photos or descriptions, original pricing. We make it very easy for them to just list the item within a few clicks. Uh, and from the buyer perspective, they're able to browse the largest selection of that brand's pre-loved or discounted clothes in a, like a very streamlined way. Um, that feels less like shopping a disorganized sales rack, which you might <laughs> see if you like, scroll through Poshmark or eBay, mm-hmm, and yeah. more like you're shopping directly from the brand. And mm-hmm. so you have all that information. Perfect. So it's a standalone site that you're creating that's kind of integrated with the customer or? Yeah, exactly. So it's technically on the treat platform, but our brands link to it from their main site and it it does look and feel like the brand. And, Mm -hmm. you know, instead of, uh, you know, boyish jeans is one of our customers. Uh, They are a sustainable denim brand based in LA. So if you go to their site, they've branded their, their, uh, resale shop, the, the boyish consignment shop. So you click into it from their main site and hop into their uh, their treat shop, which is where their community is buying and selling their their secondhand clothes. And it's really becoming the the like the destination where their customers are going to engage in secondhand shopping with their jeans. 
which is pretty exciting. Yeah, I really like that. And it makes things more accessible too, because, you know, historically resale shops in bigger cities tend to be a bit bigger and more variety and better brands, but you can do it from the comfort of your home now. And then it also makes these, you know, high end or expensive brands a little bit more accessible to everybody, which is really nice. Exactly. And that's actually a key point for why brands are really interested in this, especially now just to open up access to folks that haven't been able to afford their brand previously and giving them the ability to justify getting into the brand for the first time. And so brands are able to access a whole new customer that they haven't been able to tap into before and create lifetime customers out of those people. And so today, about 40% of the shoppers on street are actually net new to the brands, meaning they haven't actually shopped the brands online before. And so they're able to like access that new customer and expand their audience. That's really exciting. I mean, 40%, that's huge. That's a whole nother... Wow. Yeah. Whole nother demographic, whole nother group of customers. So very good to see. So I know you talked a little bit about your background, working for different brands. Sounds like you have a ton of experience in this space. Is there a specific event you can kind of pinpoint this to that made you want to start Treat or is it kind of a combination of things you experienced? Yeah, it's a, it's really a combination um, of factors. With Treat, what, what we have is a combination of uh, e-commerce and e-commerce brands. It's, it's part marketplace and it's part sustainability. And so if I look back um, at my kind of crazy career journey since, since college, it was starting different D2C apparel, like a, a D2C uh, brands uh, that are like in the sustainability space, my love for like environment and, and sustainability, as well as running the sales program at Indiegogo, which was a global crowdfunding marketplace and helping brands launch onto a marketplace and developing that deep understanding. And so uh, it's, it's that combination of, of factors that, that culminate to, to make trade a reality. Um, I'd also give a shout out to different things that happen in college. If we think about events um, not only was I like studying environmentally stu- environmental studies and, and entrepreneurship, but even my my senior project was uh, working with a friend of mine who was an environmental rap superhero named Mr. Eco. And uh, okay, and we would go around and host. Yeah, yeah, it's a great great name. He actually has a, a bunch of parody albums out for kids to educate them about sustainability and how to be more environmentally conscious uh, and educate our youth. And the the idea was the youth is our future and the the stronger um the more educated they are about the environment early on the more passionate they are the um the greater their ability to affect change throughout their lives um and we used to go around to uh, elementary schools and, and host assemblies um and uh, wow. i was uh, I, I was sort of like his hype man or his business manager if you will <laughs> for my senior project okay. and um, and it's just, it's exciting to, to be a part of a movement that, that actually affects the world in a really positive way. Um, and where, where I've seen, um, just like a, a, a lot of the why behind what we're doing is a lot of what I've thought about is if we're going to spend our life and or like a life's work and pour energy into something, it would be nice if that something can actually create a, a bigger impact than just a financial impact. Mm-hmm. And so, um. Yeah, those are you know that's kind of a long-winded answer about uh, the what has culminated in the street. It's a lot of different experiences yeah. from the careers that I've had to the different people that I've met along the way, 
um, that have led us to, to creating Treat. Your friend sounds a bit like Captain Planet. Do you remember that cartoon? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. I think from the 90s, was it? We're dating ourselves here, but um, yeah, that's really cool. Maybe he should be a future guest on the podcast. <laughs> I, I'm sure he would love to. Um, he's kind of like the modern day Captain Planet. Uh, he's okay. actually, uh, he's a rapper, so it's, it's hip hop. Um, but like a lot of parody cool. stuff and some original jams. I, I think you'd love to, to join the podcast. <laughs> Very cool. That sounds great. Yeah, it's it's interesting how life experiences lead us, you know, to this path and we eventually end up where we're supposed to be, I think. So it's great that it's when it has a purpose and you can feel good about what you're doing with an impact. Yeah, yeah so, absolutely. Definitely. And I know you mentioned a bit how some of the goals of Treat that you're trying to do Maybe let's kind of touch base a little bit more on the textile industry. Maybe what are some of the issues there? I know there's a lot of waste with like production, not just clothes being thrown away, but even how they're they're made in the first place. Um, so what, I guess, long-term problems do you see tree solving in that respect or helping solve? Yeah, so the, the, biggest, the biggest piece uh, that's important to keep in mind when we're talking about fashion waste and, uh, and how it affects and pollutes the environment is – one of the facts that I learned a few years ago, which was that the fashion industry is one of the leading contributors to greenhouse gases worldwide. Um, it contributes somewhere to between four and 10%. Um, and that includes the production of, of the units in the first place all the way through end of life um, and what happens after they, they enter the landfill. And so a lot of what we're trying to do is, is reduce that number. And so that's like the core, uh, that's like the core why behind treat and a lot of what we're doing in the fashion industry to help it be more sustainable and reduce greenhouse gas emissions so that it, it all stems really from that. Um, and with, with resale, as I alluded to earlier, it's such a growing trend, but only five to 7% of resellable fashion is currently being resold online. Um, that was a, a study that was recently put out by the business of fashion. And what that shows us is like, while people are reselling more than they've ever have, there's still like 95 or 93% of fashion that's in our closets that can be resold. So there's a gold mine of items out there that we can help drive out of those closets and into circulation longer to reduce the impact of creating new products. And so that's what we're trying to do is, help, it sounds kind of corny, but we want to help secondhand feel more like firsthand and be like your first path. And so with Treat, it's how can we make it the easiest way for, for buyers to buy online, for sellers to list their items online, and for brands to get involved as well? Because with the power of brands, we feel like we can affect even greater change. You know, who has the most data about who shop their products more than the brands themselves? And so by going through the brands, we're able to really like leapfrog and get to their customers and get to the most amount of people possible. Yeah. And I think online too is so important because, you know, consignment stores are great and amazing, but it's not always convenient, especially if you have to pick up the clothes by X date or if you're traveling or moving. I know when I lived in Denver, I love this uh, resale shop, Riggs Consignment, and I sold things there. And I, I don't think I bought any new clothes the whole time I lived in Denver because I shopped exclusively at this resale place. But um, they're great. But I think online just makes it a bit easier for everyone. So absolutely. And I think, you know, 
online will never totally replace offline and the, the, the inverse is true. And I think it's just a matter of a combination of those factors, right? You know, do offline when you can, and it is fun to, to go to a Buffalo exchange and try to hunt and find an item. And actually the reason why we're called treat is because it's a yeah. treat when you find a mm-hmm. an item that's secondhand that you love, that's in your size. Um, and T-R-E-E, paying homage to trees and the na- uh, our natural resources versus <laughs> T-R-A-T, T-R-E-A-T. Um, and so, you know, we also love shopping secondhand uh, in okay. person. We were actually at a Buffalo Exchange yesterday in, in New York, and, and it was so fun. But how do we streamline that and accelerate the, the path to more people getting access to resale? Because not all of us are fortunate to live near a secondhand shop that has tons of clothes in their size that, that work. And so just making it more accessible for, for everyone. Yeah, or the time to go and all of that where it's online. Um, but another fun thing about it too is that it's a very timely thing because yeah, that one piece in your size could be gone because there's not 10 others. So it's, it's really interesting. <laughs> exactly. And you know, for that reason, we even launched a feature that allows people to, uh, to put in their size and the exact item they're looking for. And then we'll even let them know when that item goes for sale on the shop. Oh, I didn't know about that feature. I might have to do that. <laughs> Yeah, 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 absolutely. Cool. It's it's great, right? For exactly that reason. If you go on there's and there's not that item in your size, at least there's a way to find it if and when it, it actually does arrive. That's perfect. Yeah, you never know. <laughs> exactly. So what are some more of your short-term and long-term goals uh, for Treat? Yeah, so with Treat, you know, we actually, we launched earlier this year. And so we technically launched the company in like January, February of this year and started launching with a handful of brands uh, by the end of the year, we'll probably be at 20 or 25 apparel brands with their branded resale shop on Treat, which is very exciting. And this is all within the apparel space. And by the end of next year, we hope to be at with launched with hundreds of brands. Um, we're also talking to other sorts of brands outside of apparel. And so this idea of helping extend the life of items through secondhand or through peer-to-peer resale uh, can be expanded way beyond just fashion. And so we are looking at at segments like home goods or furniture. We've even talked to some uh, like records companies that are selling uh, like records. Uh, and so there's, there's a lot of different applications for the technology that we're looking into. Um, as well as uh, international expansion. So right now we've, we're dealing with the U.S. Uh, by the end of next year, we hope to be you know much you know uh, you know ex- expanded beyond the U.S. and we're looking at Canada as well as some really popular places uh, where fashion is is really booming in in Australia and the U.K. Very cool. Yeah, I think that it's almost endless what you could resell. Yeah, because there's you know sites like Craigslist and things where you can buy anything you know furniture especially and yeah, I think that's really great. Maybe someday it'll be cars. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, the commission on that would be great for Treat. <laughs> oh, definitely. Yeah, because yeah, I think most sites, um, or even like Kelly Blue Book, things like that, I think they have commission, so, but, which makes sense for such a large item. <laughs> yeah, exactly, for kind of handling the exchange of, of goods, for sure. Mm-hmm. Some sort of transaction fee. Yeah, definitely. So I guess what is the main thing that you want people to take away from your efforts? It's a it's a big question to think about. Uh, with with what we're doing, you know, it's. I think for anyone that is looking at getting involved in entrepreneurship or or looking at what we're doing and and asking themselves like, how could I go and do something like that? If they're actually looking at starting a company or doing something in this space, 
I, I also go back to what I said earlier, which is why not do something that can not only positively impact your wallet, but also positively impact society and the environment. There are so many businesses out there that, uh, that can be created and will be created that are in and around um, sustainability. And you can basically look at any item or any product in your, in your house and think about how can this item be more sustainable? Or how can I create a new model around this thing? And we have this amazing um, momentum with consumers wanting to be more sustainable and especially the younger generation wanting to shop more sustainably and want to be more educated about how to be more environmentally conscious. And so there's so many opportunities to both, of course, make money and make a living for yourself, but also do it in a way that that positively impacts the world. And so for anyone that's looking at what we're doing, I would say I would hope that they're being inspired to say, how can I actually create um, an amazing business that can grow and, and develop a great company that also can actually create a lot of good for the world. And that really opens up a lot of fulfillment, both in yourself, but also in the people that work with you. And so everybody that's working at Treat has this like deeper purpose and deeper mission with them um, that creates a little bit more fulfillment and a little, it's their why for why we're building what we're building and why we're coming to work. Um, and so that's why I'd hope people would, would take away from what we're doing. Yeah. And I think, you know, for listeners that are maybe not entrepreneurs, which is fine, it's, it's hard, as you know, a lot of work, <laughs> but um, okay. even as a consumer, yeah, what um, making sure that brands align with your values too, and that you can be a little more selective is that kind of evolves more. Things won't be just, you know, assumed to be more expensive if there are organic or, you know, more sustainable. Absolutely. Yeah. From, from the consumer or shopper perspective, there's so many things you can do um, every day just to be a little bit more mindful, a little bit more conscious. And I think the, uh, the best attribute you can have as a shopper is just to be curious. Mm-hmm. Um, and as we've said in like, it's a common phrase in, I guess, sustainable fashion. I don't know how common it is on this po- po- podcast, but progress over perfection. And so the idea is just like, as long as you're pro- progress, like you're progressing and you're learning every day and you're trying to be a little bit better than who you were yesterday. Um, that's great. And that's fantastic. And it's okay if you're not perfect, if you're not like the perfect environmentally conscious consumer, but if you're curious and you're learning and you're developing slightly new habits and you're asking the right questions from people like yourself, Stephanie, and you're listening to this podcast and you're, you're curious about how to become more conscious. I think that's the best, best attribute you can have. Um, I'm certainly not perfect. I'm like far from it. And I'm learning a lot from our team and every day about how to develop more sustainable practices and in ways that are also practical. So we're not spending, like you said, like thousands of dollars just on organic food or whatever, what, what have you. Um, and, uh, and developing those practices just every day, I think is the best way to go. Yeah, it's um, it takes time and yeah, giving people grace because you don't know what you don't know. And once you know, you can start being better and making you know choices that are a little more aligned with the environment. Also, your health, too, because your health is necessary as well. It's like for person and planet, you know, so I think, yeah, taking small steps. You don't have to go through your your closet or your kitchen and kind of overhaul everything. You can do small things at a time and um, yeah, just make those good choices. Yeah like shopping secondhand. (laughs) Yeah. So visit treat and (laughs) yeah, I know. I love it. It is. And the name is great too, because it really is a treat. You feel so good when you have such something for such a good value, but you know, it's, you know, a good name brand or good quality. 
um, yeah, I think it's super fun. And I think too, that people recognize that as well. And it feels especially good if you're wearing something secondhand and you get compliments, you're like, actually, or this was like my, my mom's sweater or something, or, you know, (laughs) or from a secondhand shop. It's become like a badge of honor. It's like a, a, you know, it's, it's prideful to have something that's secondhand. Now it's no longer passe. Um, it's really, it's, you know, it's, it's trendy. (laughs) It's, uh, it's, it's the way that a lot of people love to shop. Yeah, it's trendy to be sustainable. Yeah, I think more people are demanding it and it's just something you feel better. You know, I don't feel the extreme guilt if I buy something new as if I buy something secondhand. <laughs> so. <Exactly. laughs> so talking about um, kind of more personal side here, are there any eco or sustainable um, kind of rituals that you do daily or weekly that you'd encourage listeners to try? Yeah. Um, you know, I really like this question because it's very tangible. Uh, and I want to be very like hyper specific, I guess, with the answer, because there's so many like small things I think people can do on a daily basis that at, over the course of your life can make a really big impact. Um, and one thing that, that I've developed recently with my fiance is, uh, we use cloth napkins now. And I just think this, it's so cool. We, uh, so every night, instead of using a, you know, a paper towel or an actual napkin, we have like a series of cloth napkins that, that we have. And each we, it's like become a fun thing where we've kind of chosen our, like our, our color of napkins that we, that we use for a few days, um, or as long as we can until it's no longer usable. And we have like a little bucket that it goes into under the sink. Uh, instead of using, you know, um, just, uh, you know, throw away napkins and things like that. And the other thing that we've done is we've hidden our paper towels. And so our paper towels are also under the sink. So it's not the first thing that you look to when you're actually looking to clean up a mess, you look towards other things. And so those two habits in the last, uh, last couple of months have been kind of fun for us. Uh, I think the other obvious ones are of course, using a, a really great water bottle on a daily basis. And uh, trying not to wash your clothes if they're not dirty. So actually, like you know, the the amount of water that we use uh, in in your washer and your in the energy to actually dry your clothes is is extraordinary. And so just really being considerate before you throw something um, in your hamper. Like, is this actually is it actually smelly? Is it actually dirty? <laughs> smell it test. Actually <laughs> smell test. Yeah. And most items, yeah, exactly. Most <laughs> items don't need to be washed right away, especially pants or denim. And so just being conscious about those things is, a, I think, a, a great place to start. Yeah, I love that with the napkins. I'll have to try that. That's actually really good. I have seen, I think, uh, a YouTube video or something where they took like a a tube from a paper toweling, but it was gone. And they took these micro cloths and rolled it up on it. So you pull a cloth every time instead of paper towel. Whoa. Okay. That's that's pretty cool. Yeah. (laughs) Sounds kind of like what you guys are doing. Maybe try that. Makes it feel a little more like a a paper towel. (laughs) But yeah, even um, like for women, I started using these um, little cloth discs for removing makeup. And then you just throw them in the washer and, you know, when you, they're all gone, you just wash them and, you know, so you're not using these like throwaway toilets or anything. So that has been a huge savings, both in waste and in money too. I, I love that because it's something that you do every day. And I think the, the kind of casual consumer wouldn't really think about it. You just kind of do these things. But if you just can kind of wake up to your daily habits and just question why you do certain things. And if there's another path for doing that, um, then that's like one simple thing that you can do over the course of your life that can make such a big impact. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Just like the small things or even, you know, a shampoo bar 
or a face wash bar instead of a plastic bottle because, you know, how much is actually recycled with the plastic is another thing too. But yeah, it's just small things that, you know, you can try something new and find something that you like and it becomes a new fun ritual actually. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And you feel good when you're doing it versus, you know, taking a Ziploc bag and and like there's some guilt that you feel by putting something in a Ziploc bag versus Mm -hmm. like a weird sense of joy, or at least I get when we use all of our containers in our house. (laughs) Um, And it also saves money too. So like oftentimes that's the case is what, Mm -hmm. uh, what saves the environment also can save your wallet over time. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And like how you, with your um, cloth napkins and then you're probably making it more fun because you said you have different colors for different days. That sounds great. You have this variety, not just a white napkin, you know, a paper napkin. (laughs) Exactly. It's more fun. mm -hmm. Yeah. Very cool tip. So are there any podcasts or books that you recommend for listeners? Yeah, actually, um, I, another podcast that I was recently on is a brand new podcast called Crash Course Fashion, and uh, I, I highly recommend it for anyone that where maybe we've piqued their interest in learning a little bit more about sustainability in the fashion space. They do a really, really great job of interviewing journalists and entrepreneurs and asking the really tough questions about like what is sustainable fashion and is this model truly sustainable and, um, and, and learning about greenwashing and all these things. And I think it's, it's just starting off, but it's, it's off to a really great start. Um, and then, uh, I, I was thinking about like different, different books and we're, we're, I, I ju- also, I'm like halfway through a great book that I think is very practical for learning about sustainability and what you can do on a daily basis. And it's called, uh, how to be a conscious eater. Okay, and uh, we uh, we randomly decided to purchase it at a at a at a juice bar recently. I forget, like in, <laughs> okay. in Orange County, mm-hmm. and uh, it just caught our eye because the the title was is just all about like just learning more about the foods that you eat and like what type of eggs to buy. Is it cage free? You know, is it pasture raised? And all these very very practical tips for just creating a deeper understanding about the foods that you like, how much water does it produce? Does it take to produce like a single hamburger um, versus other items? And so we're starting to learn just a lot about uh, the food that we eat through this very practical book. I think it's by um, uh, so- Sophie Egan okay. is, the, is the author. Okay. Um, yeah, if, if, uh, if your listeners are looking for a, for a good practical book. Mm-hmm. That sounds really cool. Yeah, it can be surprising to see what yeah resources it takes to make one, you know, yeah piece of one food item. So yeah, it is shocking and also great just dare conversation. You mm-hmm. know, just learning these random factoids of like <laughs> you know what you're eating is. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, you don't want to be that pestering person, but if you can bring out like a like yeah. a fun and interesting fact about it, I think it it also creates like a shock and awe effect as people don't know how much water it takes to produce a hamburger. It's, yeah, it's meat especially takes lots of water, so. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So plan some a little less. So <laughs> definitely. Exactly. So for another fun question, what is your personal mantra or theme song that gets you to a good state of mind or kind of redirects your mindset to a good place? Yeah. Um, I can answer, I'll, I'll try to answer both of those questions. I don't know okay. if this is necessarily a mantra, uh, but 
oftentimes, uh, as you can imagine, as everyone knows, like the monkey mind happens and you start stressing about, about work or clients, uh, or just, just, just going, you can get into a spiral and and your thoughts can (laughs) be uncontrollable. And, um, lately what I've been telling myself is like, is this thought serving me in this moment? Um, and it's been very helpful to just take a step back and, and understand, is this thought that in this stress and what I'm thinking about, uh, is it helping me? Is it serving me? And if it is serving me and I need to st- keep thinking about it, then, uh, then I do, I take time and I'll, I'll maybe journal about it or, or actually sit down and, and think through it. But if it's not, I let it go and I let it, let it glide away. Um, and, uh, yeah. And so, and, uh, <laughs> The other, I guess one of my theme songs would be my favorite song, which is Don't Stop Me Now by Queen. Okay. Um, just, uh, it just pumps me up. And so uh, I'll play that song if I ever just want to like be joyful or happy or, um, you know, need to get energy. You know, maybe I could have listened to it before hopping on this podcast to get in a positive mood. Um, it's just a, it's, it's a great jam. And, and I love Freddie Mercury and, and Queen, probably uh, my favorite band. Very cool. Yeah, that's great tips and great song. Queen is the best. <laughs> so fantastic. And lastly, um, how can listeners reach you? Um, they can they can reach me via email uh, if they'd like. It's just really simple. Jake at treat.co, T-R-E-E-T dot co. Um, or you can go to treat.co to just learn more about Treat and what we're doing with brands and the brands that we're working with. Perfect. Well, it's been a lot of fun chatting about Treat and your background. And thanks, everybody, for listening. Yeah, it's, it's been a ton of fun as well. Thank you so much, Stephanie, for having me on. Of course. Everybody have a great day.